Unnecessary Roughness with 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the national championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, T.J., I know that, hey, the game obviously happened on Sunday. You were out there. I want to get your reaction. We're recording this on Wednesday, so we've had a chance to watch some more film. We've had a chance to talk about it. It's been talked about the game, the loss to San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. Uh, a lot, but now that you've had some time to sit down and marinate on it a little bit, what are your thoughts about the Lions? And let's just talk about this game. We can talk about the season. We'll have time this offseason to look back on the season as a whole, but let's try and focus on just the NFC Championship game out in San Francisco. Your thoughts now that you've had a chance to look back on it a little bit. Yeah, I thought they played really good, man. I did, especially in the first half. Um, you know, to go out there and set the tone and and run the ball like they were able to do and, and defense, you know, let up a couple of plays, but most part keeping everything in front of you. I thought the first half was, was incredible. Um, and even the second half, man, I thought that overall, you know, the, the effort, the, the execution was good. Now, you know, there was just a couple of plays that didn't go your way, you know, and I've been in that situation before where, you know, you start to snowball a little bit and, and just a little mistake and then another little mistake and then another little mistake. And you're saying, man, like, how do we stop this? And it's kind of a helpless feelings at time yeah. because you don't really know what to do. Um, you know, I, obviously disappointing um, there at halftime, you know, the feelings that we had being 30 minutes away from, you know, going to the Super Bowl and then all of a sudden just watching it slowly just melt away was uh it was devastating and you feel for those guys in the locker room feel for the coaches really everybody in the organization um because of just how close you were and um you know but uh, overall man i i was i was impressed with how this team showed up you know i was impressed with the mindset and the demeanor that you know, we're not going to be bullied. We're not going to be intimidated. We're going to go out there, and this is about us. It's not about the other team. And we've been hearing this team say that all season long. Um, problem was, you know, I just couldn't find a way to finish a couple crucial plays there in the second half. And, you know, it's not just one guy. I mean, it was a lot of things that showed up. And I think even Dan said, you know, in his closing pe press conference, uh, you know, earlier in the week that, you know, 12 things, you know, had to go wrong. And they all did. Every single one of them, whatever could go wrong, went wrong, you know, and it's frustrating. Um, it is because I was, you know, 2014, I was in the NFC championship game with Green Bay against Seattle and we had a 16 point lead and it's like, you're feeling pretty good and you're just kind of waiting and you're like, just clock, just keep ticking, you know, like, don't let us find a way to mess this up. And you get just, you know, a missed block, a missed catch, you know, a guy doing the wrong thing on a spe special teams play, you know, on an onside kick, it, you know what I mean? Like just everything that could go wrong went wrong. But um, now that I've had a couple of days to kind of digest it and, and rewatch the game a little bit, <clears throat> obviously disappointing, but um, super um, impressed with what this team was, was able to do and, in the mindset that they went into that game with. And really, I think, um, firmly changed the nar narrative surrounding them, you know? Um, so those, those are some positives that you take out of what was otherwise a uh, pretty devastating day. It was, it was a devastating loss, especially since you knew you were 30 minutes away from going to the Super Bowl. And when you take a look and, and, and I think the best way for us to do this, let's talk about the first half 
Um, and, and really, I want to start with the opening drive because we have wanted Jamison Williams to become more involved. Now, you look at the, at the stat sheet and, you know, he had what, one rush and two catches. And, yeah, you would like to see even more, but he touched the ball three times and two of them ended up as touchdowns. Yeah. Just his development, especially in – and I think I was watching the game, obviously, at, at home, and when he got the ball on that reverse, you're thinking, all right, this is going to be a nice pickup. And then all of a sudden, he turns on that special talent that very few people in the NFL have that you're only born with, and that is the ability to accelerate and the ability to run away. And I think a lot of us saw how special he can be. Yeah. He's dynamic, you know, he's dynamic. And I think that um, this was kind of a culmination of the the whole season. You know, every game you start to started to see him get a little bit better and make mm-hmm. the contested catches and not just be a guy that, you know, we're going to give 10 plays to and he's just going to streak down the field. Um, you know, being a bigger part of this offense and earning the trust of your teammates and your coaches to go out there and do the right thing and be where he's supposed to be and, and execute. You know, I think that uh, he's earned that. You know, there's no way that you schedule a, uh, you know, play for the guy in the first five plays if you don't trust him in an NFC right. championship game. You know, so um, 40 million think, people are going to be watching. Right, I think that right there lets you know uh, how far the that JMO's come. Now, can he get better? Certainly. I think he's going to have to continue to take another step next year, you know, and hopefully I say, hopefully he goes into this off season and can finally have a clean off season, just football OTAs, mini camp roll right into training camp and go because we have, he hasn't had that the last yeah. couple of years, obviously no injuries, no suspensions. Exactly. So uh, I think JMO is probably starting to learn what it takes to be successful uh, in this league, I think he's gotten a little bit of a sniff now what it can be like to be a big time playmaker. And uh, hopefully he can be that guy that they can rely on moving forward because he's going to have to be right. You know, we know this team is is going to look different. I mean, not there's no probably about it. You're going to look different next year. You're going to lose some guys. You're going to add some pieces. Um, Jamo is going to be here, though. And how big of a step he can take, um, you know, going into year three will be massive for this offense. You know, there's going to be a void there depending on what they do with, with Josh Reynolds, who's a free agent. So um, I thought it was good to see Jamo get a couple touches and, and not only get a couple, but take advantage of them, you know, and, and even the other catch outside the touchdown was, I mean, that was like a roller coaster of emotions all in a split second, you know, a catch, an interception, a catch, like <laughs> just ripping the ball away, the determination. I think he's taken a big step throughout this season, um, you know, and obviously, you know, the coaches kind of rewarded that on NFC uh, Championship weekend by by giving him the ball early in the game and and looking for him again late. They, they I think they tr- they trust him. And we'll talk about some of the prospects for the offseason um, at the end of the, the today's episode because we've learned that Ben Johnson will be back. And I think other than Jared Goff, the biggest beneficiary is actually going to be Jamison Williams. Uh, but like I said, we'll talk about that as we get down uh, the road here uh, today. But the other thing that I really liked about the first half is the creativity that they used in regards to when they used Jameer Gibbs, when they used Montgomery, but also offensive line-wise. Like, I, I mean, you probably knew this was coming, and we've seen it at times, whether it's Skip going in motion. This time it was they put Skip at right tackle, and they put Penny Sewell in motion. And to watch him, and I mean, he's a big dude that's a great athlete. Yeah, he, he a flies. Lot of things. <laughs> and it was, it was a lot of fun to be able to watch them put him and Penny Sewell in position to make blocks at the point of attack and then also run away from them, using them as a decoy. I thought the creativity of doing that was 
something we hadn't really seen. Yeah. And all of a sudden, in the NFC Championship game, you see a new wrinkle. Yeah, and you know it's a shame that um, they kind of got away from that because they were up by so many points. It's yeah. like, hey, let's just go back to our base offense because you felt like they were building something for later in the game to get him the ball or, you know, yeah. to run some well, kind was, of play to get the ball. There was a third down report down where he was actually open. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. They showed it on TV. Yeah, I think he went out, kind of leaked into the flat, I yeah. want to say, right? But you felt like something was coming. They were trying to set something up with that package. Um, and I think ultimately they had to get out of that because uh, I think it was later in the game where, you know, I think Bosa beat Skipper on one of the play action yeah. passes, right? Um, you tried to single him up, and I think maybe that said, hey, let's just get back Nothing to up, yeah. You know, Panay's our right That's tackle. Let's let's get back to what we're good at. So, um, but no, I think the creativity, you know, the 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 scheduled first, you know, probably drive that you had. I mean, I think that kind of leaked into the second drive as well because you only ran four plays on the first drive, right. you know. So you go out there a second drive and it's like, man, we probably still got ten or eleven other plays that on we wanted script. to throw at them yeah. early in the game. Let's do that. That works again. You go down and score again. Um, you know, so I thought the the first half game plan was was great, man. And the guys were out there; they were ready to go. And honestly, you know, the second half game plan I didn't think was was that far off. You know, I think they came out moving the ball well. Um, obviously, we know they ended up going out, you know, and not converting a fourth down. But then the rest of the game, you didn't really have many opportunities to kind of open it up again. You fumble on the first play. You get into a second down and 10, you drop, right? Laporta, no, he took a good shot, but he dropped it. Uh, and then that led into the third and 10 play. Josh Reynolds hits him right yeah. in the chest, drop. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's not really a Ben Johnson, hey, why can't we score in the third quarter as yeah. much as it is, man, we just got to execute, right? Like that's, that's, it just comes down to the simple things. It comes down to execution. And I said before the game, you know, football can be such a <clears throat> complex game. You know, there's so many little details that go into everything fundamentals and lining up and and what we're going to do and you know make it one yard not to like it can be so complex with what you're trying to do but at the end of the day it always comes back to the simplest details which is execution which is you know your fundamentals and, and your finish you know and that's really what it comes down to and i think that's what we saw in the second half bite this team in the ass it wasn't anything that san francisco did it was what we did it was not securing the football it was not you know catching the football it was not tackling it was not you know making an interception when the ball's right in your hands those are day one fundamental plays that has nothing to do with the complexity of the game plan or, or what we're you know what i mean like it's the simplest things that sometimes bite you in the ass and that's what happened i think in the second half to this team now uh, we do know that and we had this discussion and i know we were not really in disagreement, but I did want to ask you, you know, we saw in that game, I think there were a few fourth downs, right, that were obviously uh, the storyline uh, uh, of that game afterwards, right? The first one being, um, well, the first one really being at the end of the first, half, the first half, right? Uh, fourth and three uh, after a 17-play drive, take the points, um, you know, instead of going for it. The second one, obviously, the the coming out of the second half, you know, fourth and three again, I want to say. And fourth and two. Uh, in, I think, 18-yard line um, of San Fran. You know, you choose to go for it. And then the last one, uh, you know, would have been a little bit deeper field goal, um, 48-yarder, 49-yarder, uh, maybe to tie it, maybe to tie it, um, that you go for it again. Um, 
I wanted to get your thoughts on that because I know both of us kind of not, not disagreed, but I had a little bit of a different take on some of those as well. Yeah. So, I mean, just to, to cut through all the tape, um, the, at the end of the half, first half, I was of the mindset, Hey, you, you take the points, you go up three scores and I know you go up three touchdowns. It's, it, it is a little bit different than going up, you know, just 17 points, but I was fine with, putting that drive together, getting down there. Hey, you didn't put it in. You had your chances, and you came up short, so take the points. You come out at, at, at halftime, and then it was actually – it was third and – or it was fourth and two at the 28, um, the one that Josh Reynolds ended up dropping. And I was fine with going for it at that point because, yeah, I know San Francisco had gone down. They put three on the board, so you're only up 14. Yeah, yeah and, 28. I said, I said 18. It yeah, was 28. but yeah. it's – you know, and, and – a lot of people will talk about, okay, well, if you convert, then, and, and everybody's assuming that you just go down and score a touchdown. That was not guaranteed. Yeah. All you all you could do was get a first down on that play if John Josh Reynolds does catch the ball. And you may end up ultimately kicking a field goal, going back up 17. You may be able to score a touchdown. You may throw an intercept. There's a lot of things that can happen. But I did like the fact that they went forward on fourth and two. They dialed up a play that was there. Um, and they just missed. And then all of a sudden, hey, San Francisco goes down, they score, you come back, there's a fumble, San Francisco goes back down and scores. It's, you know, it, things are snowballing at that point. And then it's the third one that was fourth and three at the 30-yard line. Um, that's the one where I thought, okay, you're down 27-24. You can kick the field goal to tie it back up. And because at that point I was doing the, how many possessions are you going to have left Yeah, in my mind? And if you tie it back up thinking maybe you only get one possession, if, if San Francisco goes and scores a touchdown, at least you could tie it back up or you could go Dallas route and try and win it with a two point conversion. That would have been something that we could have discussed at that point, but that's what I would have done in all three of those. I would have kicked like Dan did. I would have gone forward on fourth and two. It should have been converted. It wasn't. And then on the last one, the third, fourth down situation, I would have kicked the field goal to tie things back up. Yeah, I, I was. Um, so the end of the half, I was with you because I'm a big, I'm a momentum guy, you mm -hmm. know, especially when you're on the road, big underdogs, seven point is a big underdog in the NFL. Um, I'm a momentum guy. At the end of the first half, uh, you know, I'm sitting there and after a 17 play drive, of course you want to reward yourself with a touchdown. But in that situation, you got a chance to go up three scores on the road at halftime. I think you have to do it, right? I think that there's only one way San Fran can feel good about themselves going into halftime is if you go for it there, they get a stop. They go in saying, hey, we're only down 14. We're down two scores, guys. Okay, let's get ready. You go up three scores, kind of changes the mindset a little bit. So I actually like that decision. I know Dan kind of mentioned after the game that he kind of thought about it a little bit. You know, he, he kind of maybe, yeah. I don't think he said regretted, but, you know, he said, I might think about that and, you know, man, maybe, maybe think I should have gone for it. Um, I think taking the three points was the right decision. Coming out of half, um, you know, the fourth and two, look, I, I think here's the mindset from players, right? You know that you're up 17. San Fran gets the ball coming out of half. You know, hey, we're going to get their best shot. Right. We were, they're going to come out on fire. They probably just got the ass ripped the entire yeah. 20 minutes. They were in the locker room. Uh, we're going to get their best shot. So let's go out there. We got to try to limit the damage. If they're going to go on a big drive, keep everything in front of us and let's make them earn it. Right. Um, you do that. You hold them to a field goal. Right. And you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Then you get the ball back. You go on a nice drive. 
I think eight plays, 47 yards. You get down to the 28, fourth and two. Here's, here's what I'm thinking in my head. You just took their best shot, right? You just milked off a bunch of time. There's roughly about seven minutes left in the third quarter, which, you know, you're bleeding. Man, you're halfway through the third, counting, third quarter counting, now. Counting possessions again. Yeah. Here was what my mindset was. And I understand how this is different from everything that Dan Campbell, Campbell's done up to this point. But my mindset was you take the three points, attempt the three you points, match you match them, and you basically look at San Fran's sideline with that kind of look of, we just took your best shot and we're still up 17, yeah. except now there's eight minutes left that you have, right? And now I think your mindset changes offense and defense. I think you now you tell your defense, we got a three-score lead keep everything in front of you. Don't bite on the play action. They want to take five, six, seven yards of carry, let them, because it's us versus the clock right now. It's yeah. not us versus them. It's us versus the clock. As long as we can make them go distance and take, you know, chunks of, of time off that clock, we're going to be okay. And offense, hey, we probably going to only have maybe three possessions left. Guess what the rest of the game? We don't need to go for the big kill shot. We don't really need touchdowns. Let's get in some of these methodical drives. As long as we get into field goal range, we're good. Because if we're giving up four, but we're getting three, there's nowhere they're going to match us just with, just with the way that uh, the possessions are going to shake out. So that was my mindset. And look, I, you, I think you know this too. You played a long time as well. Being down two scores in the third quarter is, okay, guys, hey, there's a little bit of urgency, right? we got to pick it up. Um, being down three scores, coaches panic. Coaches panic sometimes. Manageable. Three scores, exactly. you're like, holy Three shit. scores, you tend to panic a little bit. And San Fran, if you're up three scores, I think it is very realistic that you force them into being one-dimensional the, the rest of the game. Hurry up offense, throw the ball. And we know that they already had the interception. They had three others they got their hands on. I'm not expecting them to make all those, yeah. but if you make one of those, it's a different game, right? Uh, but Dan Campbell decided to go for it. And you know what? It's hard to blame him because, like you said, the play was there, right? It, it didn't come down to, well, why are we running this deep shot on fourth and two? What are we doing? You know, right. the play was there. It just came down to the execution. And then the last one to tie the game, I kind of differed on that because I went back to, okay, no matter what's happened in this game, you're underdogs on the road in the fourth quarter. You have a chance right here to maybe go and get the momentum back, right? A field goal is probably not going to give you the full momentum back. You're going to tie it, but there's yeah. still, I think, seven minutes left in that game. You go get a touchdown here, and you can pick up this fourth down, and you can go up by four. Now you're putting a lot of heat back on the other team. So you you kind of went back into that underdog mentality. Um, but it's hard to blame Dan Campbell for doing that because that's what he's done all year. And I heard callers, and I heard people talking about all you. Well, that's not how you got to this point. Bullshit, yes, it is. Look at the games. Uh, we know the Chargers game, that that was a shootout, right? Yep. I think you went for it fourth time on fourth and short in their territory. You got three of them. You think that led to that win, when it, which was a one-score yeah. game? Hell yeah, it did. How about Minnesota when you went to Minnesota and won the NFC crown? You come out in the second half, all of a sudden you're down four points. Two times on that drive, you go for it on fourth and short. You convert. You get the ball that fourth and two at the goal line. You punch it in. You take the lead back. You think that had something to do with that game in a four-point game? How about Kansas City? You run a fake punt, you know? And I on know that's not 20. on your own 20, a fourth and short, right? You go for it. You think that had something to do with that game? How about uh, the Rams game in the playoffs, right? Fourth and goal from the two. You kick the points there? No, we're, we're going for the touchdown. And Sam Laporta. To Craig Riddle. Sam Laporta. That was the Tampa Bay game. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. But you touchdown to Sam Laporta. You know what I mean? You think those points were big in a one-point game? Yeah. Hell yeah. That's how you got here. Tampa Bay. You just mentioned fourth and goal from the one in a tie game in the second half. 
Tampa Bay's kind of got some momentum, right? They just came out and scored. Uh, you know, they tied it up 10-10. Hell, man, we got to make something happen. You take the three points there. You think you're feeling pretty good about yourself? No, you go for it. Craig Reynolds touchdown. Did that make a difference in that game, John? Damn right it did. So don't tell me they didn't get to this point by not by not being aggressive. Everything that they've done this season, Dan Campbell, being on the fourth and goal, the aggressiveness that we've seen, fourth and short from opponent territory going for it, they were 14 out of their last 15. And I saw somebody say this the other day. This was kind of their v- version of the tush push, where it was almost becoming automatic. 14 out of your last 15 attempts, fourth and three or less from opponent territory, you've converted. Right. So that's kind of come. That's kind of become your hey, this is your go to. That's what we're doing. Right. Um, I will say this, however, which is why I kind of argued going for the field goal at the start of the first half. And John, I know. Are you a blackjack player? You play blackjack. You know, some of the rules, right? You know, probably the base rules. Right. Well, let's say every time you're playing blackjack, the dealer's just flipping over face card, just king, ace, ace. Right. And you're going in there and you say, you know what? I need to be aggressive. Hey, I get a 15 or a 16. I'm hitting on that today, right? 16, I'm going to hit on that. 16 is kind of the hand where, yeah, it depends, right? How you feel. All of a sudden, you get to the table and the dealer's showing fours and fives and you got 16. Okay, man, I said I was going to hit on this all day, but, and he's showing a five or a four, right? Pretty good chance I win this with a 16. Maybe I should stay, right? So that's where it kind of came down to hey, maybe I know you've been aggressive and look, you've hit big on it at times. But maybe that's time to be a little bit fluid with that strategy at that point of the game. You know, that's how I kind of equated that. But it's hard to blame Dan Campbell, and I don't blame Dan Campbell. I think the biggest plays in that game were, you know, were the, there to be made. Were the fumble, yeah. Jameer Gibbs, who's been a reliable guy, uh, either one of the drop passes from Josh Reynolds. And I kind of mentioned it. You had Cam Sutton had two, and we know Vildor had one chance to get another takeaway, right? You make any one of those six plays. You're winning that game. You're going to the Super Bowl. So it's hard to blame Dan Campbell. It really just came down to the execution. Yeah. Uh, and, it, I mean, the last one that – I mean, I don't even know if we need to, to discuss it much. I think we at least need to, to, to talk about or say it is in the two-minute drill at the end of the game. Instead of running another pass on third down, they run David Montgomery. He's stopped. They have to spend the time out. To me, that was – I don't know why – they even tried to run it. Now, I know what Dan said. Hey, I thought we could just punch it in behind the yeah. best offensive line in the NFL. I, I get that. But the risk of having to use one of your timeouts, knowing that you don't have enough time on the clock to stop it, if you've got to call the timeout, put somebody else in there, I mean, or, or run another play, score a touchdown, you know, JMO's uh, uh, second touchdown. But at that point, you weren't going to get the ball back. Yeah, no, that was that was huge too. And... Even going back and watching that drive again, man, um, I don't think a lot of people are talking about it. And I'm not trying to, you know, blame anybody or, or you know, <laughs> fault this particular player. But a couple of plays before that, you know, Jared Goff made a good throw out to the flat to back up tight end Ferkser. Yeah. Who's got like six yards of room, man. If you plant your foot and get upfield, that's a walk-in touchdown. You know what I mean? And you're not in that situation where you got to go for it on third and fourth down. So they kind of go back to execution. It's just like, like whatever could go wrong, went wrong. We get a guy wide open in the flat instead of scoring, it steps out of bounds. Right. And now that kind of snowballs into, Hey, us getting stopped on third down and having to take a timeout. Right. So it's all these little plays. And that's why I think Dan mentioned, it's not just one play. It's like 12 things that went wrong. That was one of those 12 things that went wrong. Running it was one of those 12 things that went wrong. Um, I didn't like the cut look. And I think you talked about this earlier in the week. If you're going to call a run there, 
you have to, there has to be somebody saying we cannot by under any circumstance burn a timeout. So if we're going to call a run, you better have two play calls. If we don't get this, we're running to the line of scrimmage. We're snapping the ball. We have to. If we, it doesn't matter. We or you're running a, a fire drill where you know what? Hey, we lost four yards. Take the field goal, right? We got to make it a two or one score game again. Run the field. You cannot burn a timeout because yeah. now you have to get the onside kick. You save your timeouts. It doesn't matter if there's 30 seconds left. You're going to get the ball back with a little bit of time as long as you get the three and out that you need. Um, I didn't really like the play call that much either, to be honest with you. I think they had, you know, Jamison on the end of the line of scrimmage, and, you know, he missed his block. He was supposed to dig out the safety that ended up making the play or making the play bounce a little bit outside. But, Or if you're going to do that, you know what, just tell, tell your guys, hey, QB sneak. And if we don't get it, get your ass up and get back yeah. down. QB sneak again. You know what I mean? If we can't get two QB sneaks from the half-yard line, ah, we, don't we don't deserve, deserve to win this one. Yeah. So that was obviously another decision that by that point in the game had become a big decision. But, you know, all those little missed plays before that, you just you can't help but feeling there's no way they should have been in that situation to begin with. Well, as we know, and, and we'll get a chance in the coming weeks to talk about how do you build on the success of this year? Um, what does this free agency look like? Who are the guys on this roster that you want to sign? The draft, obviously, um, in April, which is going to be here. We've got a lot of things uh, that we could talk about. But the one piece of news that you – know, and, and Dan Campbell said, hey, this team's not going to be the same. It's going to be twice as hard. But the one piece of news that was really good news, kind of helped you get over the fact that you, you blew a 17-point lead, is that uh, Ben Johnson has decided to withdraw his name from – whether it's Washington or Seattle, he's going to be back as the offensive coordinator. How big is that news for this team? I mean, it's massive. You feel like that's uh, the best thing that's probably going to happen to them the rest of this offseason. You know, that's how big it is. And they're going to sign some guys that we're going to get excited about. But um, Ben Johnson has found a secret, not not secret, but the right recipe with Jared Goff. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's very, very, very obvious that those two uh, work extremely well together. They have a relationship. They have a unique bond where they both get the best out of each other. And um, you've seen Jared Goff improve for three straight years. He's yeah. on the right trajectory. And I think a lot of that has to do with Ben Johnson and Ben Johnson's ability to get into Jared Goff's head and figure out what he wants to do, what he likes, how can I make him comfortable rather than, Hey, maybe you bring in another OC that is kind of a more dictator. Hey, this is what we're doing and you're going to do it right. This is how I want to do things. So you do it my way. Ben Johnson's not that, not that type of guy. It's more of a collaboration between those two guys. And I think that's the most important relationship in the building, your play caller and your quarterback. You have to have those two guys uh, in unison. You have to have them on the same page and for Ben Johnson to come back, um, look, we don't know if he turned down a job or maybe started thinking he wasn't going to get it. But either way, it's a massive win for this team because we've seen how potent this offense is with Ben Johnson leading it and Ben Johnson and Jared Goff leading it together. So um, that you're right. I think uh, it's been a dreary couple of days. But when we all heard that news on, I think, Tuesday afternoon, um, you know, kind of the, 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 stuns, the sun started to come out a little bit. You know, it started to get a little bit brighter. So um, that was that was awesome news. And, and I'm excited to have Ben back. And look, I think even maybe he's got a little bit more to prove, too. You know, I think maybe having another year uh, as being the coordinator will help build his resume for um, 
eventually when that time does come that he's going to leave uh, to go be head coach because I do think he's going to deserve he's going to earn that one day but um you know he's got unfinished business and I think it says a lot about the culture here too I think these guys being in the NFC championship game and being 30 minutes away from being to the Super Bowl let them fully believe that they are legit. You know what I mean? Sometimes you don't really know. Sometimes you think you're a good team and you play another good team and you get your ass beat. Sometimes you play a good team and you're step for step with them. You're stride for stride. And that lets you know just how close you are. I think that that let them know um, that they're right up there with the best of them. And, and look, you know, Ben Johnson wants to be a part of this thing for at least another year. And uh, I think it's huge for not this team. And I think it's huge for Jared Goff. Yeah, that was step one, and we'll find out. Aaron Glenn's still in the running for uh, both of those head jobs. We don't know yet um, if he's going to get it or not, so we'll talk about that um, as we get some clarity next week. We'll talk more about the Super Bowl next week, um, some decisions that have to be made. Josh Reynolds, uh, Jonah Jackson, Graham Glasgow. Uh, you know, there's there's guys on offense, a defense, Jalen Reeves-Maven, uh, special teams. There's, there's key components to this year's success that we'll find out what – the, the Lions are going to do as we get uh, further down the, the road in the offseason, but we'll have some time to talk about that. Um, but, hey, it, the, the Super Bowl is set, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that next week on Necessary Roughness.